This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 29th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. Home-based businesses number in the tens of millions in the United States, but local restrictions make it harder to both start and maintain those businesses. The implications for the economy of freeing up home-based work, including food production, could be substantial. Cato's Chris Edwards comments. Home-based businesses are hugely important to the U.S. economy. America has about 30 million businesses, and remarkably, about half of them, about 15 million, are based in the home. Everyone from accountants to wedding planners to contractors to yoga teachers uh, to daycare providers and home food producers uh, operate their businesses uh, out of their homes. Uh, So this is hugely important to the economy. There's many lifestyle uh, and economic advantages to home businesses. The problem is that a lot of local governments impose excessive zoning rules that restrict home-based businesses. And I think this really undercuts the economy. If you go to Google Maps and start uh, searching for things in your neighborhood, inevitably, at least in my experience, you will find one of those little pin drops in a house, in a neighborhood. And it will list be listed as a business. How do local governments uh, stand in the way of that, or how do they make it harder? Well, if you wind the clock back to the mid twentieth century, many local governments across America they they impose strict so called Euclidean um, zoning rules, uh, strictly separating out commercial, residential, and industrial uses of land. But those strict uh, divisions don't make sense anymore in the modern economy. I mean, many people want to uh, work out of their home and they're able to now with because of the computers and the internet and other technological advances. Uh, our society's changed in a lot of other ways. Uh, most women work now and there's often issues. Uh, people may want to work in their home and set up home businesses because of uh, child care issues. People uh, may have elderly folks at home they need to uh, care for. There's a lot of advantages to running businesses out of your home, but governments have uh, often strictly banned uh, any business activity out of their home, except for the most, uh, you know, the least uh, impact, such as, say, accounting services. So, for example, cities ban um, customer, uh, customers from driving up and uh, visiting home for business purposes. They restrict the square foot in your house, the houses that are allowed to be used uh, for businesses. They restrict, uh, you know, parking of uh, business-oriented trucks in residential neighborhoods. There's all these restrictions that I think, uh, you know, unfairly uh, infringe on an individual's right to own their property and to use their property as they see fit. And you mentioned if half of American businesses don't have a storefront or uh you know, regular piece of property that is used exclusively for that purpose. You've got to think that for a lot of small businesses, overhead, uh, being able to eliminate that chunk of overhead could be a huge savings to a business that's just getting started. That's right. I mean, uh, for individuals, there's lifestyle reasons why you might want to run your business at your home. So, for example, uh, caring for young children. But there's also big economic uh, advantages. I mean, starting businesses is very high risk. A lot of entrepreneurs are young. They don't have a lot of capital. If you can start a business in your home to test out an idea, to test out a product, uh, you can save a lot of money uh, than having to rent office space. Or let's say you're starting a food business, you'd have to uh, rent space at a commercial kitchen, which can be very expensive. 
if you think about a lot of uh, uh, great American businesses, Amazon started in Jeff Bezos' garage in Seattle. Uh, Steve Jobs started Apple in his garage. Hewlett Packard started in a garage uh, in Silicon Valley. So uh, home businesses are not only important because they add a lot of economic benefit to local economies, but some of these home businesses end up growing uh, to be, be large corporations that hire uh, hundreds uh, of thousands, tens of thousands of Americans. So, you know, uh, we don't want local government standing in the way of this uh, economically beneficial activity, uh, especially these days, because the internet provides so many opportunities for people to start businesses in the home. You mentioned uh, commercial kitchens for food production. You know, you can rent space in sort of a communal uh, commercial kitchen sometimes, but for a lot of uh, businesses, that might not make a lot of sense. But for food production, I think there is a reasonable concern that there might be foodborne illnesses or uh, people who are not following guidelines for food safety. Uh, that makes sense. And the, following those guidelines, generally a good thing. Uh, what What's your response to that? Well, it's true that there is a balance uh, of safety when you're talking about uh, home uh, home food production. And, you know, interestingly, the states uh, vary uh, extremely widely in their rules. Some states like New Jersey ban essentially all home food production, including even baked products. So you couldn't, for example, in New Jersey, start a business making wedding cakes for people or anything like that. On the other hand, you have states that have passed food freedom laws like Wyoming, where you can essentially uh, uh, produce and sell from your home uh, any product uh, in Wyoming except for meat product. There's usually a, and, and properly concern with regard to meat production in the home and items that need to be refrigerated. But there's a huge amount of uh, products, chocolates and candies and jams and fruit pies and uh, baked goods and canned goods, which can be safely uh, made in the home. Uh, but many states up until recently have banned this home food production. And I think that's that's really backwards. I think that a lot of people uh, want to get into food entrepreneurship uh, through their home, and a lot of people want to buy these products. So governments should try to facilitate this activity with reasonable regulations. They shouldn't outright ban it, as they have done in numerous states. In terms of governments that maybe are serious about allowing their residents, their citizenry to uh, leverage their homes for the purpose of starting a business, um, what's the quickest way to make it easier for that to happen? Well, local governments need to uh, review their uh, review their regulations. Oftentimes, they make it more difficult for people to start businesses in their homes and outside of their homes. That doesn't make sense. Oftentimes, uh, local governments have more restrictive rules to prevent externalities from businesses than they do from non-business activities in neighborhoods. In other words, um, if uh, for uh, people who live in suburban neighborhoods. You can have parties. People can come to your party and park their cars um, occasionally. You can have loud noise for a certain time during the day, but not later at night. So there's some externalities are allowed, uh, but not, you know, there are reasonable regulations. Oftentimes, though, those same local governments completely ban, say, you know, parking for business activities in residential neighborhoods, or they'll completely ban any kind of noise and this sort of thing. So you know, there should be at least equal rules on externalities between business and non-business purposes in local neighborhoods. Uh, one thing that some state governments have stepped in now when they see local governments being too restrictive, a good example here is uh, local daycares. 
a couple decades ago, daycares were generally abandoned uh, homes in most American cities. Now they're generally allowed. And uh, there's about two dozen states that have passed state level rules that um, preempt local governments from completely banning daycares in uh, suburban neighborhoods, residential neighborhoods, which is reasonable. I mean, a huge demand for daycares costs are very high, as anyone who has uh, young children uh, knows. So allowing uh, under reasonable uh, limitations, uh, home-based daycares makes a lot of sense for the economy uh, today. With respect to food specifically, if you're prohibited from engaging in this kind of business at your home, one, you're probably not going to file the relevant paperwork to actually open the business. And two, if you're actively avoiding the state, you might be also actively be avoiding those uh, perfectly reasonable protocols for uh, protecting your customers from an uh, illness related to the food. You're exactly right here, Caleb, that if, if the government's restrictions uh, are, are too uh, over the top, then people simply go underground. And we see this in all types of areas in the economy, of course, with, you know, marijuana and other sorts of uh, drugs that are traditionally been illegal. You make the rules too stringently. The industry simply goes underground. It's the same with home food production. Then when industry uh, goes underground, then there's there's uh, less of a, a, a ability for government to check on safety. Uh, you know, businesses end up, you know, avoiding tax rules and that sort of thing, too. So it is of general benefit. It's good for everyone. If governments have reasonable and minimal regulations on home-based businesses uh, so that home-based businesses aren't underground, so that they are out in public and people can see how they operate. Chris Edwards directs tax policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.